What up and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rome Bone. Thank you for tuning in. On this episode, I got a special guest, DC Fago guy, joining me, and we're talking about our top five psychopathic releases. And if you ask me, both of our lists are pretty interesting lists. I was kind of surprised to see what DC Fago got picked. And I think I might have thrown a couple surprises in there as well. I tried to stay away from the favorites and went with the essentials, the best works of. But I feel like I put together a pretty dope list. DC Fago guy put together a dope, interesting list. So shout out to DC Fago guy. We also discussed the future of Psychopathic Records and the gathering. What could happen at the gathering next year? Will there be a gathering next year? It was a dope conversation. Again, shout out to DC Fago guy. And without any further ado, let's get into the show. I got DC Fago guy joining me tonight. I'm your host, Rombone. DC Fago guy, what's going on? Uh, how's it going? How's it going, man? Fucking thank you for doing the show with me tonight. Much appreciated. Anytime. Anytime. Absolutely. This should be uh should be a good time. Top five psychopathic releases ever. Coming up with this list was pretty difficult for me. I thought I had a pretty basic idea when I first started it, coming up with the the list, and kind of realized quickly I was like, mm, I can't I can't just throw my favorites in. I gotta make this like, if I'm gonna show somebody Psychopathic Records, these are the five albums I'm gonna show them. These are right. the standout albums Psychopathic Records has ever put out. How is the list putting the, together the list for you? The list was hard as hell when you first, again, like you said, when you first uh, came up with this idea, I'm like, okay, I don't want to do favorites because anytime anybody asks me, like, what's your favorite ICP album? What's your favorite twin? You know, if I was to make this list like that, it would be the same shit. I'm like, all right, let's just immediately set parameters. Not a favorite album. And pretty much for the most part, I tried to limit it to not being a specific group or artist i made sure it was a unique release through psychopathic records so that's the parameters i set for myself just to make it different yeah and another thing i was thinking i was like i should have a different artist for each one but Mm -hmm. that's difficult when you got you know people on on there that just put out such classic material such you know definitive work if you will very all right. Um, so why don't you uh, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you kick us off with your number five? Number five. All right. So number five, and I picked this to be number five just because of just the times, I guess. But I picked the Hurricane of Diamonds compilation because at the time that this came out was the height of the beef. You know, division in the jungle world was super high, and, and to me, this this is basically what psychopathic was still at the time when people were like, Oh, it fucking sucks. Now it's stale. They've gone downhill. And I think this was such a great piece of music, everything that everybody did in 2017 and they put it all on a disc. So for me, the hurricane of diamonds is just, it was a way to show we're still shining. Even when motherfuckers think that we're not. 
So for me, that that was number five. Oh wow, that's okay. Damn, you went way crazy with that one. I was not. I damn. Okay. I all right. So this is what we. That's what you're doing. All right. Yeah, I wanted to do something where it's like it showed everybody that was on the on the record label at the time, and just you know, you guys think we're done? We're fucking shining, Hurricane of Diamonds. So baby. what is all on that CD? Because I don't have that. So that one there, that's got um, the Hurricane of Diamonds single that they released. If we were a gang, Sleep Creeper by Blase Rose, Indestructible by ICP, For Life, which was the Violent J song. Seven foot, eight foot. Tell these bitches from Shaggy. Fuck my dad. Uh, Flint Town Titty Bar. Bathroom. Black Blizzard. Bloody. Juggalo Love Cipher. Noited Jelly and Heated. Dead Body Man Three. Bleep and Cuss Words. I'll throw that up here. Okay. Hopefully, y'all see that. All right. So basically, a compilation of the new shit that they were putting out two years ago. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right, my number five, Dark Lotus Tales from the Lotus Pod OG. This album right here is the epitome of wicked shit. Um, Anybody that listens to my show has watched the Wicked Shit Wednesday knows how I feel about this album. Absolutely fucking classic. Even though it has Mars on it, who is never officially signed to Psychopathic, this displays ICP Twisted Blaze perfectly like their chemistry on this album the shit that they were spitting on this album so dark just amazing album it was a great time when this album came out 2001 we were still leading up to the sixth and like i said one of the best just wicked shit albums to put it in the genre of wicked shit horrorcore whatever you want to call it one of the best one of the best and this album right here definitely in my opinion, the top five from Psychopathic. Hell yeah, I can't dispute yeah, it. Man. <laughs> Love that album. And Mars, even though, like I said, never officially on Psychopathic Records, meshed so well with those guys. And it's kind of crazy because he was just some random dude at the time. Oh, yeah, he, he did. And I've recently gotten into the OG because, you know, I was one of the ones that came in hearing the ABK version. Yep. But there's actually quite a bit of the Mars ones that I like better. Yeah. The the ABK version to me only because it was second. It should have never happened. They should have they should have just left it untouched. You know, yeah. you could still hear Mar- Mars's no parts, um, backing vocals behind ABK when he's rapping. It's like, oh man, you know. Yeah, yeah. Probably should never have done it, but I mean, it is yeah. what it is. All right. We're- so, all right. I guess we'll keep moving right along. So my number four. I went with another compilation, so <laughs> don't be too surprised by this one. But I love what they did with these compilations. And this one I did pick a favorite because this one to me is the best piece of work out of the three. And you can fight me on that if you want to. Psychopathics from Outer Space, part two. Pretty much the same kind of reasons as Hurricane of Diamonds. I picked this because it showcased everybody on Psychopathic Records at the time, and everybody fucking killed it on that record so uh psychopaths from outer space part two just everybody on psychopathic doing their thing and they banged it out you said that's your favorite one out of the outer space series oh yeah i'm not mad i'm not no, mad I like, at that 
I like them. I like them all. I like them all three quite a bit. But if I had to pick one as a favorite, it would definitely be part two. For me, it's it's between one and I like all three as well. But I like one just a little bit more. But I mean, part two, I'm not mad at it at all. There's so many good songs in there. Why you want a hoe? Um, yeah. Bitch, shut up. Like I remember what Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shit. What's the one? The ICP. Uh, is it right after "Bitch Shut Up"? Under the big top. That yeah, fucking yeah. track is so dope. Violent J went the fuck in on that track, rapping his ass off. Really dope. Yep. Not mad at that. I. You know what? For a top five displaying compilations, I'm not mad at that at all. Because then you're covering all bases. You're covering all artists too. Yep. That's the goal I wanted to go for with my top five. Fuck yeah. Not a specific artist, but everybody. Yeah. All right. My number four. And today is actually the 12th anniversary of Clockwork Gray. A lot of juggalos will say One Less G in the Hood is Blaze's best album. I'll say it's my favorite. Yeah. But this album right here, I think this is his best work. You know, while One Less G might be my favorite, I can acknowledge that this, is, in my opinion, is his best work. The production on this album, again, in my opinion, is the best production on any psychopathic album ever. The beats on here are fucking nuts. And he got beats from everybody. He got Potluck, uh, underrated from Potluck, producing shit on here. Um, but I mean, tracks like Blaze Up, Ill Connect, Keep it simple with Cut Calhoun and Big B. Like, displays Blaze, Blaze's gangster shit so well. It was, it was actually Ill Connect that got me into Blaze. Because I'd seen it on Psychopathic videos. Yeah. And I hadn't at the time really given Blaze a shot. And when I heard that song, I was like, damn, dude, this is actually pretty fucking dope. So Clockwork Grey was actually the first album from Blaze I oh, heard. Okay. Yeah, that's the only one song I don't like on here is Dead Neck. I just don't. It's the only song I don't <laughs> like on here. Um, but every other song is just banging. Eggplants, super dope. Some of them thugs. Zip codes and time zones with Violent J. They both fucking murder that shit. That beat is so classic too. I believe. I think Shaggy produced zip, zip code and time zones if I remember right. Um, and then to end the album with Escape Artist, and then going into Wishing Well, man. When he plays that those songs live, the crowd fucking loves that shit. Eats it up, sings along. So dope. So yeah, number four. Blaze your dead homie, Clockwork Gray. Oh, yeah. All right. My number three. And I know I kind of said no groups, no artists, but I had to put this one out there. I'm still very new to him. But goddamn, you have to put this in there as some of the greatest things to come out of Psychopathic. And I picked Zug Island's Crack yes. Tiles. And the reason that I picked this is because up to this point, you had rap mixed with rock showcase quite a bit through Freak Show, through Amazing Jekyll Brothers. But to have rock laced with rap, this is fucking unique. And the just the way the fucking album flows so well all the way through, phenomenal piece of work. Love that album. That's I can't be mad that Crack Tiles is on there because it was written by Violent J. Sin killed mm -hmm. the vocals on there. I didn't like it at first. I just kind of dismissed it. I was like, oh, a rock band. 
but a few, you know, maybe yeah. a handful of years later, I went back and listened to it, and I was like, oh, man, I get why everybody likes it. And, yeah, really great. And for Violet J to write, a, you know, a rock album like that, you know, I know Mike P did the production and shit, but right. as a rapper writing a rock album, he fucking killed that shit. Okay. I, I really kind of wish that they could go back to that original formula with, with Violet J being a part of the group, but I don't see it happening. They kind of did for the toxicology. Um, but, I mean, it is what it right. is. All right. Moving right along. Number three, for me, I'm going Riddlebox. Oh, shit. This <laughs> album right here, this is when ICP found their sound. Carnival of Carnage was dope. Um, Ringmaster, really dope. The EPs in between. But this was that album where they really embraced the clown sound, the clown image, just the whole dark mm-hmm. carnival, everything. This is the, this is where they found their sound. Riddlebox, fucking classic. Absolutely. Um, the, I was actually listening to that at work the other day, and that almost came onto the list until I told myself, no, don't do it because you're gonna fucking make your list a priority of you know or a majority of this one group. Right. Yeah. Just I agree. Absolutely. That's that's where they found like if you was to give somebody a CD be like, This is insane clown posse. Riddle box right. is it. Absolutely. You got classics on here. The show must go on when they play that live and bring out the Fago, start spraying the fucking crowd down. So dope. Chicken hunting, of course. Classic Slaughterhouse remix. Toy box, great storytelling by Violent J. So many great storytelling songs on here. Even Cemetery Girl, um, Headless Boogie, love that shit. Old Evil Eyes, one of my favorite songs. Um, I'm Coming Home, just the epitome of Wicked Clowns, ICP. Just that album right there. Classic, love it. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Actually, I'm Coming Home. When we were living in New Zealand and we found out we were actually coming back to America, that was the jam. I started blasting pretty much all day. Yep. So, hell yeah. All right. I believe we're down to number two. Now, I picked this one again because it it more or less came out like a compilation album, even though it's one specific artist. But Violent J's Wizard of the Hood. This fucking album beautifully portrays a story all the way through. And to see it performed live together in 17 is probably the greatest show I've ever been to. Even though I couldn't see that well, I could see enough of the magic. So I, I picked I picked uh, Wizard of the Hood because that was such a great collab album for a solo artist to do. Yeah, I thought it was fucking great storytelling. Absolutely. I've said it and continue, will continue to say it. Violent J in hip-hop is one of the most is the one of the most underrated storytellers. Yeah, it's kind of cartoonish. It's horror movie esque. It's not your typical hip hop shit. But who's telling stories like this guy? A whole album. He's taking Wizard of Oz, but it's Wizard of the Hood. He's got his homeboys. He's got the Scarecrow who he smokes with the Tin Man, um, the Lion. You know what I mean? So dope. 
Great album. The production on there, Mike P killed the production on there. That bass hits heavy. Oh, dude, homies to smoke with. I remember when we first got Hell's Pit, right when we were like really diving headfirst into ICP's discography, we got the Hell's Pit that had the concert. They performed Homies to Smoke with, and I'm like, what the fuck is this song? It's catchy as yep. shit. So then when I finally got Wizard of the Hood, that was immediately the first song I went to. I was like, God damn, this is a great song. Hell yeah, I love that song. Him and Mon- Monoxide kill that. The beat is so dope, too. It's definitely a, a, a smoking track, for sure. And I don't even smoke. Actually, for the longest time, it was, I need some homies to hang with. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. Yeah, man. Not mad at that at all. Great storytelling from Violent J. Classic EP. I remember that shit being rumored to come out for a while, and then it finally dropped, and it was like, holy shit, he actually did it. And it's really dope. All right. So we're at fucking number two. All right. Number two, Twisted's Abominations. My favorite album from Twisted is Most Tasteless. But again, this is their best best work, in my opinion. I could, I, on, on a, any given day, this could be my favorite Twisted album, depending on the mood I'm in as well. When this album dropped, goddamn, they leveled up like crazy. The production from Seven on here, nuts. Like Monoxide's level up as a rapper from like Independence Day to this album, you could gradually hear him get better and better and better. Monoxide was always dope, but like he just got his flow down on this album right here in particular, rapping his ass off. Same with Madrox, killing it on this album. It flows so fucking well. They only have two uh, two guest features on here, Royce to Five Nine. And ICP, um, both the guest features are dope. The perfectly, I never thought about putting this in the top wicked shit category, but now that I'm thinking about it right now, it probably would have to, just because it's that that great of an album. Their best body of work still to this day. Mad good songs on there. Rep that wicked. I love that shit. Lift me up. I love when they get on that emo kind of vibe but not go full full emo with the rock shit you know what i mean like i like when they do it i like when they do it like uh like the, the emo raps i guess and then you got coin flip lunatic with royce to five nine royce to five nine is my favorite rapper out right now love royce um second to no one and then you got the classic love don't live here anymore oh, love yeah. that shit man so yeah number number two Bob. twisted abominations Abominations to me was their response to people hating on heartbroken homicidal. On the same aspect, it was it, to me it was them kind of looking at Tech Nine and where he was getting at at that hmm. time, and like, all right, we can fucking do some fast shit, right? Because yeah. <laughs> they just fucking they started chopping like crazy in that album, especially Monoxide. You never really heard Monoxide chop like that until this album. Yeah, up to that point, it was primarily just Mad right. Yeah, yeah, Madrox was always fast rapping. Even, even back in the HOK days, if you go back and listen to some of that shit, there's a couple fast tracks uh, when he did solo Mr. Bone shit. He was rapping pretty pretty quick. But yeah, and the production, like I said, from Seven, Seven is a monster, man. That guy, it's- he fucking he's got to be one of the most busiest producers. He's doing all of Strange. 
He's doing a ton uh-huh. of shit for M&E. He's doing shit for ICP now. Like, God damn, uh-huh. like, this dude. I mean, that, I've been seeing Buckshot's been getting a lot of beats from him, too. It's like, fuck, dude. I could not imagine yeah. being that dude. Yeah, he works with Mac Lethal as well. Like, Seven is a monster. And he, he killed, according to Monoxide, as of a few years ago at a a panel they did at the Rock and Shock convention when they come to Worcester, Worcester, Mass., they do the rock and shock mm-hmm. convention. Um, it's kind of like a, it's like a horror horror comic con, you know, horror convention. And they did right. a panel, and Monoxide said that Abominations was Seven's favorite album that he produced. I don't know if it's if it's really? still like that to this day, but as of a few years ago, that's what Monoxide said. You know, one of the one of the things I always kind of wonder too is if like the artist could all, all agree to let this happen. And seven just take and kind of swap, kind of like what Mikey Clark did with the murder mix. Kind of do something like that, but like see what twisted would sound like on a Tech Nine song over the same beat, vice versa. Tech Nine killing a beat that they did. I thought that would always be something interesting to to see come out sometime. But I don't think anybody, I don't think everybody would be all like, oh yeah, let's do this, you know? Because who do you, who do you give the the rights to at right, that point? Yeah, too much. <laughs> The business on that would be fucking way too complicated and convoluted and oh, make yeah. sure and everybody get it could happen. That would be dope if it happened. It but yeah, that would be too. I mean, they Seven kind of did that with Blaze's Gang Rags. They took the original Gang Rags and re, Seven remixed it. Yeah. Oh, dude, he, he really saved that because, I mean, I like the extended cuts, but he fucking pumped so much fucking greatness into that that's my favorite version of gang rags out of all three versions even the psychopathic one. Oh, oh yeah that one seven seven brought life into that album like that's how that album originally should have sounded absolutely all right we're down and then there was one okay. then there was one and my number one was your number five tales from the lotus Pond. and for all the ogs out there there is the red book in here as well so I have both of them here. We're not going to do the whole debate of which one's better. <laughs> I have a mix that I like. But Tales from Lowe's Pod, the first collab. I, I believe this didn't come out before. No, Dumpin' came out first. And I believe even maybe Right and Dirty. But this was the first group that was conceived, if that makes sense. Because they planned this clear back before Jekyll Brothers came out. So... Tales from Lowe's Pod was the first group, in my eyes, it just never made it to CD till later, and it really kicked off the family era, it kicked off the hype of Psychopathic, in my opinion, it, it just, ICP and Twisted really do work good together, Blaze is great right in there in the mix, regardless of if they had ABK or if they had Mars, it could have just been the five of them and the album still would have been a, a banger. There's actually a version out there on YouTube called the Five Pedals version where they just completely took Mars and ABK out. And that album actually still sounds really great. But I picked Tales from Lowe's Pod because, again, like you said, it's the wickedest album that you could come up with if you was to give up, like, what is the wickedest album? I would say Tales from Lowe's Pod. Absolutely. I'm not mad at that for a number one. You got songs on there like Headache. That's my favorite song on there. It's just so hard, so dark. 
very dark. I mean, you say dark lotus and the intro to headache is the first thing that I'm yep, hearing. <laughs> like that's the epitome of wicked shit right there. Absolutely. And then you got more fun tracks on there like Bitch I'm Sexy. Like that's a fun track. So dope though. Oh, yeah. And then the classic Juggalo Family. Yes. The Mars version is the best. It, it is. <laughs> I don't like that Until Eternity shit. It just doesn't even no, make it sense. Doesn't. Until Eternity. You mean for all eternity? <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, classic album. All right. My number one. This is not going to come as a surprise at all, probably, to anybody. Gray Malenko. Yeah, it's my favorite ICP album, but it's my favorite album ever. It's their best produced album, their best body of work, in my opinion. The level that they were on for this album, Mikey Clark's production, everything about this album is fucking perfect from the intro to the last note of Pass Me By, the skits in between, not one bad thing with this album. This is a perfect perfect album um yeah this is the album that a lot of fans hopped on this is the album i hopped on you know i was one and shit here i am 22 years later still here you know a lot of people you know can't say that but uh right yeah man this album i got it autographed a couple years back when i finally got to meet him at a vip had him had to get this autographed but uh yeah man for me, this is the epitome of ICP. And I didn't want to do a repeat of two groups in the top five, but to not include Riddlebox, in my opinion, is like, you know what I mean? I, I, I had to do yeah. it. I was going to try to do a different, I was going to try to do five different artists, but like I feel yeah. bad for leaving Let's ABK see. out. Like Hatchet Warrior is so classic. Yeah. Well, see, that's how my top five would have looked. If I did do it the way I, I, without setting the parameters, it would have been Great Malenko. It would have been Riddlebox number two. It would have been Wicked from Twisted number three. Number four probably would have been um, The Opaque Brotherhood because that's actually my favorite Dark Lotus album. And then number five, I don't know. I don't know what I would put the number five spot. Probably Ringmaster. So, I mean, you can see why I set up the parameters because it was going to be a very ICP soaked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I've, we were talking a little bit before the show started. I was like, you could easily throw like the first five Joker cards and call it a day. You, you know what I right. mean? Like, because it's just the shit that they, they were doing in the 90s. Um, just such classic material. People like, I don't know if people like to hate on Carnival Carnage. They say it sounds dated. It does. I mean, it's kind of a robotic sounding because it came, you know, dropped in 92. But I mean, still classic material on there. But I like how I like how you I went with much. the compilations. That's that's really dope. Yeah, well, because I mean, you you can so you could do a top five ICP, you could do a top five Twisted. I'm like, we're doing a top five Psychopathic. That's why I went with the compilations because I'm like, let's let's think outside of the normal top five. You know what I mean? Right. So if you ever want to have me back for a top five ICP, we'll do it like that next time <laughs> <laughs> no doubt yeah man um you thought out you thought outside of the box i thought i was thinking outside the box especially adding clockwork gray and abominations in there uh but shit there's no way i would have thought of putting compilations on there but it's great because 
you get to showcase everybody. I mean, shit, you could throw what's that one called the uh, the Hatchet History compilation. That's a really good compilation. That's actually one I've not heard. Oh, it's real. Yeah, yeah. That's one that I don't have in my collection. Yeah, that's got everything up until what two thousand two on there. They even got a song from Project Born on there, a, a Misery song, a couple Zug Islands. Um, ABK, I don't even think ABK had put out an album yet, but the Gang Related was on there. So it was a nice little mix of what they had done up until 2002, which is a lot of fucking classic material. Oh, it sounds like something I need to be picking yeah. up. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't. Yeah, man. Really good compilation, but I dig your list. And for Tales from the Lotus Pod to be at number one, fucking absolutely great album. Classic. Definitely. Yeah, man. So we got a little bit of time to kill. You you want to hang out for a few minutes or? Hey, let's hang. I'm good for All a little right. bit. So you put out a video last week. I figured we could talk about this. You put out a video last week saying, what's up with next year's gathering? What are they, what can they do next? And what right. were your ideas? My ideas was uh, a forgotten freshness set. And uh, I called it epic set which was basically just a play on the word uh, EP where they just play all the EPs you know a mix of the songs off all the EPs they put out that shit would be dope that would be dope it's kind of like a B-side like like Jay-Z he just recently did a B-side show not performing any of his hits but performing you know probably fan favorites and there's a lot of good shit on Forgotten Freshness. I thought that was a dope idea because if you take all the great cuts from Forgotten Freshness, you could easily put together. I mean, shit, you could perform Forgotten Freshness 1 and 2 and call it a day. Oh, yeah. Like, but... Yeah. I got I got a lot of comments from people that are like, oh, Forgotten Freshness 1 and 2 is like the best. So I'm like, I'm not disputing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's dope shit on 3, 4... Five was kind of eh, and I still haven't heard. No, I did hear six, but I don't have a copy of it. And that was kind of eh, too. But there's at least a few bangers on each Forgotten Freshness. The first three, Forgotten Freshness three was really dope. Because that's when. I would say, I would say Forgotten Freshness four is the one that had the most poopy ones, if that makes sense. I mean, if I was a king is fun, but it's kind of like, you know find myself wanting to hit the skip button same way with stale bodies fly there's a couple on them uh, of them on there it's like okay let's get some good shit yeah i like the the old school ringmaster cuts that were on that one though oh yeah yeah the the terrorwheel outtake skits uh what was it dear icp that was on there right oh yeah 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 dear icp that was dope but yeah and then did you listen to my latest episode of my podcast. The one about uh, your idea for the yeah, gathering. Yeah, so I said, bizarre, bizarre, because it'll be 20 years. That was the first, when you were saying the video, when you were, you know, saying your ideas and you wanted to hear what other people thought, that was the first thought in my head. Mm-hmm. I was like, 20 years of bizarre, bizarre. Super underrated album from ICP. Love both those albums. Really good shit. And that oh. would be dope. And they, you know, they could do it on two nights, mix it up. Yeah. Well, and that's why I would say it, it'd be great for a gathering, but I, I 
kind of see them pulling that one for Juggle. Yeah. Just because it's they typically do the two day event for Juggle a weekend. And I think Bizarre Bizarre is probably when they'll do it. And hopefully they'll realize that next year is the perfect time to do it. But like you said, they need to do a, a, a vinyl. If there needs to be a vinyl put out for Bizarre. I don't know if they'll get the, the permission from Island to do it, but. I really hope so, because they could do some really dope packaging for that, for a vinyl. Gotcha. Like, they could do some really dope shit for a package for that. Like, what was it? The the Marvelous Missing Link was a four vinyl set, four LP set. Mm-hmm. You, I thought it was Yeah, that thing is fucking heavy, too. Yeah, I'm always trying to carefully pull it out of <laughs> yeah, my man. case. And uh, they could do something similar for Bizarre Bizarre. Um, that would be super dope. I, you know, I love the the reissues on vinyl. I, I pick up every one that they dropped. I love that shit. Um, I actually, I put out a video at the beginning of the year talking about the 20th anniversary of Bizarre Bizarre and hope, hoping that they put out an anniversary edition of it, which I'm willing to bet now that's not going to happen because we, we haven't seen an Amazing Jungle Brothers anniversary edition right. release. But... I, whether they did a vinyl and or an anniversary CD, like you said, they, they could do some great, awesome shit with those packaging. Like just just as we're talking about, it, I just thought, ooh, a puzzle, fucking puzzle pieces inside the vinyl would be yeah, fucking man. Dead. Like so much dope shit. And as a stage show, like you said, that'd be something more for Juggalo Day because that's kind of the reoccurring theme with Juggalo Day is pulling out those album performances. Um, but the sta- uh-huh. think about the stage set for Bizarre Bizarre. The stage set for it back in the day was super dope. And if they were to bring it back now and soup it up, that shit would be crazy. Yeah, see, that's the one thing. Like, if I had access to a time machine, I'd be going back to the fucking 90s. I'd be going seeing these dope shows. Because I was unfortunate to not get into them until 2002. My sister was listening to them for five years prior to that but you know i just it didn't appeal to me until the right time and even then it took another five years till 2007 when i was 19 years old getting my first job before it's like all right i can buy this merch all right i can go to this show it's when i went to the first halloween or my first halloween my first show completely it was like timing was terrible so i want a time machine to go back and live these glory days yeah man i wish I mean, I, I I got down in 97, late 97, early 98. I don't really remember, but uh, I know for sure it was Great Malenko. And I remember them coming, was it the House of Horrors tour? And it was either HOK was opening up or it was Twisted when Twisted first started and Cottonmouth Kings. And I remember seeing the line and I had just got into ICP and I was like, oh, I, I should go, and then I was like, nah, I don't have nobody to go with. I didn't have it, you know, I didn't really have any friends that was into the shit. I was kind of like the only one. And I was like, fucking, how old was I? 14, 15. I was like, nah, fuck that. It's kind of sketchy. I'm, I was, you know, I was a little bitch and didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, a time machine would be dope. Oh, yeah. I still get nervous sometimes going to shows. I don't even know why. I don't even know why. I think it's a mix of nervousness and excitement, but I'm also 
surprisingly bashful. So getting me out to a public crowd like that, I tend to clam up a right. little bit more. So I think that's probably what the biggest nervousness is. But yeah, I pretty much attend shows solo. I have been for years. Um, every once in a while, I'll run into somebody I know at the show. But um, when you, I think I saw that video you were talking about the bizarre, bizarre. Did you mention if they did something like the system of a down, memorize, mesmerize, and hypnotize packaging? Yes, that's if they do an anniversary. I want the packaging to tie in together the way that mesmerize and hypnotize that does. That would be dope because I yeah. So yeah, I remember watching that video and I was like, damn, that is a dope idea. Digipack, connect them together. As much as I might not like Digipack because you've really got to take care of it, care of it so it doesn't get beat up. But Digipack is dope if you, you know, I mean, I have a collection. I take care of my shit, so it's not a big deal for me. But yeah. um, that would be super dope. And even with the vinyl, get all four of the vinyl, do some kind of super dope packaging on the inside, have some kind of pullout. It'd be really dope. And you know, I just realized that vinyl, if it ever does come to light, is going to cause a lot of fucking dizziness. Because I can see them put the fucking spiral on the actual disc. So it's on the turntable yeah. spinning and you're puking. just like, fuck. <laughs> puking on the vinyl. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man. Um, so what do you think of the idea of maybe the 20th annual was the last gathering? You know, I, I really hadn't thought about it. I just, I guess I kind of assume it's going to continue on. But knowing that some of the porta potties got flat out destroyed and that seems to be the biggest issue they're having is getting poor yeah. bodies it, it wouldn't surprise me if it is the last one but i don't know i guess in my mind i can't fathom it being right. the last one yet but i will say if it is the last one they ended it perfectly because super gathering was fucking dope and as, as long as something of some form continues Obviously, Juggalo Day would probably continue. Um, I really hope they're going to be able to succeed in booking a convention center for DZGCon. And as long as the Hollow Wickets continue, I would actually be content with the gathering ending, but it would suck. Yeah. I w you know, like I said in my show, I've never been. I probably never will, even if it were to continue. But it's just one of those things, even watching it from afar, it's like, one of those events super dope it was it's dope that they did inner city posse for their seminar but disappointing and hadn't other had not other people brought up that you know this could be the last gathering i probably wouldn't have thought of it but them not giving us any news doesn't sit well with the theory i guess that people are coming up with you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to look forward to. Uh, I mean, we got Hollow Wicked, but what's after Hollow Wicked? Usually they tell us about Juggalo Day, uh, upcoming releases, which fucking flat out didn't happen last year other than Fearless Fred Fury. <laughs> yeah, which was right. late. Uh, but it was worth the wait, to be honest. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's nothing to look forward to and it's kind of crazy for the first time in a long time um, I'm kind of wondering if they may or may not have some kind of announcement at Hollow Wicked 
I don't know, for some reason, because they didn't do anything at the gathering, it's kind of making me wonder. And I'm actually currently planning to go to this year's Halloween. Okay. So, like, I really hope that that, that my, my feeling is, is, is real and not just, like, a complete, yeah. you know. But I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe they're going to have some kind of – I feel like it would be too early for a Joker card reveal, but it's not totally out of the realm of impossible because – they're planning already a third set of Joker cards, right. so if that's the goal. Time to put it back into high gear like you guys did back in the 90s and fucking at least every two years, Joker card instead of the three right. years. I would, like to, I would like to see them go back to an every other year format, but I brought up the point that the way music is put out now, not that they need to remain fresh in the brains of Juggalos, because Juggalos are there, Juggalos are loyal, mm-hmm. but you need to put out music more consistently. And I thought, I really did think this too, and I just kind of threw it out there as like, maybe they'll do this at their seminar is announce the next Joker's card, because Violent J's already said he knows the name of it, he knows what it's about. So I was like, shit, maybe we'll get Maybe not the name or visual, but maybe an announcement that 2020, we're going to get another Joker's card. We're going to get hit with another one, you know, um, within a year or, you know, whatever. Yeah. That would be... Sp- which is It's very plausible because, you know, they claim that it's the next Joker card is actually mentioned in Fearless Fred Fury. I still don't have the slightest clue what it could be. Brother is the only fucking word that, to me, stands hands out, but they've already kind of uh, debunked it being the uh, Bedlam brothers or Brother Bedlam. So uh, at this point, I, I don't know what it could be. But if, it, if, it's, if it's in Fearless Fred Fury like they say, then I don't see why they couldn't have an image by Hollow Wicked. So. Absolutely. Um, and Hollow Wicked is usually when they would do their reveals. Yeah. So yes. that would be dope. That would be, give us something to look forward to as well, since we didn't get a seminar with any news. I would right. be pretty excited for a new Joker's card because I thought Fearless Fred Fury delivered. It was a lot better than Missing Link. And if they're going to continue on that path of dope music like that, fucking bring it on. Yeah. And I would look. You know, I, I actually really like Marvelous Missing Link a lot. But when you listen to Mighty Death Pop, you listen to. Missing links, and then you go to Fearless Fred Fury. And it's kind of like this is definitely a black sheep. Like you went from this to that to back to right, this. Yeah, <laughs> it's drastic in the changes in sound. It's yeah. I don't know. I think they were trying to recapture a moment, that, like they when they did the Wraith, Shangri La, and Hell's Pit. I think they were trying to recapture that moment. Um, yeah. There's no fucking way that they'll ever be able to recapture that moment. I don't know why they... I mean, maybe not, but if that's what they were thinking, there's no way that was such a special time, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and I, I almost put the shit racing a lot in this top five just because of what that album more or less was. The end of a saga. Right. Yeah, I almost put it in mine. As, even though I have it ranked kind of low on my rankings of favorite icp albums uh, i love the album when i say you know least favorite it's like there's not many albums they put out that i straight up 
don't like. But um, right. yeah, man, it was a special time. It was it was so much hype for it. It was just like, oh shit, what is it? What is it? What is it? But yeah, the missing link was just they were they came back strong with Bang Pow Boom. Uh, Mighty Death Pop was even stronger, and then I don't know. They just hit a <laughs> a road bump, but then they got back on the road with Fearless Fred Fury came back swinging. Oh yeah, super dope shit. I wouldn't mind another solo Shaggy record. I wouldn't either, dude. He dude, fuck the fuck off, motherfucker. That 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 actually should have been in my list, but. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn, when that came out, it did not leave the CD player for a long time. Yeah, he uh, the production on there was super dope. Him and Clay killed that shit, and yeah. he's he just did a feature for uh, Maximum Overload, which is kind of kind of like it's weird seeing that because it's like not associated with psychopathic at all. You don't ever see them do right. kind of features like that, especially with underground underground dudes like that either so seeing him work like yeah. that i would like to see him say fuck it i'm just gonna do another album that'd be dope or ep or something i thought gloomy sunday was really good yeah it, it was definitely the best out of the two eps that we got this absolutely but yeah i think i'm gonna wrap this up and uh thank you again for hopping on this shit top five Let's go through our top five again. Why don't you say, uh, rename your top five? Top five, Hurricane, Psychopathics from Outer Space Part 2, Zug Islands, Crack Tiles, fucking Wizard of the Hood, Tales from Lotus Pod. So dope. Such a dope showcase of everybody on the, on the label, you know, of all different eras. All right, my top five. Number five, Tales from the Lotus Pod, OG. Clockwork Gray from Blazer Dead Homie. Riddlebox from ICP. Number two, Twisted's Abominations. And number one, should have not been a surprise to anybody, the Gray Malenko from ICP. Hell yeah. Um, thank you again for hopping on, man. Much appreciated. Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. And to everybody that's tuned in, until next time, I'm out. Peace.